handle the truth. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit republicbroadcasting.org today because you can handle the truth. Resurrected Republic, Truth Radio Broadcast on RBN, Republic Broadcasting Network, because you can handle the truth. Good morning, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Tom Lacavera, Stewart, Fortigar Truth Media, the Republic Broadcasting Network. You know, uh, some time ago, when COVID was uh, just breaking out, I had uh, I had made some predictions, and and you know, it was a friend of mine called me up yesterday and reminded me. Now, I I had said that we're Um, well, I got good. I got good. Uh, I got good bars of service here, so I don't know why I would be having experiencing problems. But uh, is it any better now? Okay. Um, apologize for the uh, interference here. Uh, I am on the road for the last day. Uh, that you guys are probably going to have to deal with uh, the sound issue. I am relocating, and today is our last weekend in the moving process. So uh, I'm not set up in uh, a, a professional studio. I actually have a little studio set up in our camper. But uh, this should be the last weekend that you guys have to deal with uh, that, that rough uh, broadcast. So I apologize for that. Uh, so anyway, a friend of mine called me up and it reminded me uh, about what I had said some time ago. I, I kind of stand by it, you know. I'd said that we're going to find out from the mainstream eventually will come around to the Wuhan, the, the uh, biological war program in China. I said, but I, I believe that that is somewhat of a misdirection. And they couldn't cover it up completely, obviously. You have Fauci now being exposed uh, pretty well about his funding and, and where he just decided to send the funding. And how and, and what? Well, these 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 co- corporations, these uh, front corporations, or these uh, you know that they're corporations that own corporations that own corporations that send funding through. Um, one thing that I said, and I said, you know, you're you're going to probably find out that it was developed here. And I remember when it first broke out. I don't know if you guys remember this or not, but the hardest hit nation, it stuck out in my mind, the hardest hit nation was Iran. They had bulldozers digging mass graves. It hit them so hard and so fast. That's more of the bioweapon version, I think. Now, if you recall, you'll hear uh, Rand Paul when he's taking Fauci to task. He's talking about the different the different viruses that with the uh, the different uh, danger levels, uh, like SARS, uh, could have close to a 15%. Uh, whereas this version of uh, this uh, fatality. Think about this for a minute. You know, they're talking about now a new normal. We've been rammed that new normal down our throats. That viruses may not be going away these these uh, pandemic version or however you want to call it uh, it may be our part of our new normal that we're, we're going to have to deal with this year after year how convenient would it be for a nation to develop a bio war program in which they had many different levels of, of fatality built within each one of these viruses and how it could affect our enemies by taking them out in such a manner. Well, 
I don't know if that's going to be the new normal or not, but I tell you what, it's a possibility from what I've heard from this uh, hearing with Rand Paul and, and Fauci. You know, they're, China is not going to stop doing research in this area. We want to call it research. I call it manufacturing production. Let's call it what it is. Manufacturing production of bioweapons. And our enemy, the communist Chinese... To even think, you know, I said a long time ago, we're borrowing money from China. Who in their right mind could say those words and not have it be followed up by, and there were arrests made because. The world communist movement has had us in their sights and constantly there, there's been a war they, they announced like World War I ended, World War II ended this war has never ended this war has gone on and on and on and it has, it has taken uh, many different faces it's used many different tools and right now the primary tool for the most part being used against the people is a form of Marxist ideology, and this is, uh, you know, in the what we're seeing, uh, the unseen, the more subtle, is is your communitarian aspect. Now, Marxism as an ideology, as a political ideology, is is a tool. It is not. Um, not something real that's going to bring its its supporters somewhere that their utopia that they, they they dream of. That's where the useful idiots to believe. All Marxism is is a tool that uh, its functionaries know how to tweak it to adjust it as it goes on. For instance, uh, it was economically based class-based. And and people say, well, when that didn't work, they tweaked it. Well, it, it's not that it didn't work. It worked for its time. It served its purpose. It grew roots. And it clung onto these nations. Now, as they've needed to, they have slowly reinvented it several times over. What I'm going to share with you today is a presentation. Uh, it's a part of an old broadcast. And uh, a fellow does some excellent, excellent critique of how it was affecting us then and it's affecting us now. So I want to share this with you. Just, It's uh, quite interesting. It's a Richard Grannon is the narrator on part of this. You, you just got to hear it and, and tell me at the end of this, I want you to call in. Please call in and share with me your thoughts, your feelings on this. Critical race theory now that we hear it being pumped into the heads of our school kids now. This is all part of this process. And if we don't learn to call it out, if we don't learn to fight it, it's going to consume us and their great reset and new normal and all that other nonsense is just going to eat us up. We allow ourselves to continue to be divided. That will be our fate. I, I hope that it's not. I, I have faith and I have a little bit of hope uh, in our, my fellow Americans to maybe pull their heads out of their collective keisters. You also guys can go to uh, resurrectrepublic.chattango.com uh, and chat in the chat room shared links there but i want to share this with you this is richard grannon go ahead and roll that divide the people split them into quarreling factions fighting among themselves rather than their common enemy for well do they know from long experience that the nation so divided and weakened can be easily conquered from within 
So I want to say right off the bat that I don't think that this is literal communism that's coming in, as it would have been understood in the 60s and earlier. I think it's a simulation of communism, and I'll explain more of what I mean later on. But not to sound like a mad conspiracy theorist, it would be hard to deny that the kind of divisions that we're seeing being agitated and provoked nowadays fit exactly the model that's being described in this video. How can we divide people by gender, by ethnicity, by sexuality, by as many things as possible? The one thing that is conspicuously absent, though, is class, which is strange, considering that this is supposed to be a Marxist philosophy. Marx, who would have defined it as quite simply two classes, the oppressed and the oppressor. It was as simple as that. But we do see massive amounts of agitation along these different lines in the culture at large at the moment. Create the appearance of popular support. The dedicated 1% can trick the 99% into surrendering their birthright. One of the tactics of narcissistic abusers is to put their target into a sort of a false reality. They take over your perceptions. They take over your emotions, how you feel. And what they like to do is subvert your values. So if you value something, they'll try and invert it and make the opposite value. So you're living inside of a kind of simulated reality, matrix style of the narcissistic abuser. Isn't it strange at the moment how everybody's gone woke? Even banks are woke. Supermarkets awoke. Big corporations awoke. And I'm sort of sat here thinking, how do you believe that you're the vanguard of an authentic revolution if it's being sponsored by Nike and Coca-Cola? That, to me, doesn't really make sense. I think what we're seeing right now is part of the phase that you've just heard described to you of it being normalized, that this is hyper-normalization, as a Russian author puts it. That which was strange before is just a given now, and we're expected to just de facto accept it as being the way it is. It's considered popular. It's considered widespread. But I wonder if it is really. This they do by hiding the true communist objectives behind appealing slogans and pretended humanitarian goals. This one is a little on the nose. I mean, we can see this well-intentioned slogans and uh, logos and easily repeatable phrases that you can put out there. Some of these phrases are almost impossible to deny. You could take as a prime example, as front and center stage in the ma mainstream media at the moment, is Black Lives Matter. Who can deny that? It's like saying water is wet or the sky is blue. So you can't deny it. The name itself has a presupposition built into it that if you denied, you would be a monster. But does this well-intentioned slogan represent anything really or does it just force you to agree with it? We know that Black Lives Matter is an openly uh, Marxist organization. The people at the top of Black Lives Matter have proudly stated that they are trained Marxists and they are using this particular psychological tool to get consent and to get people to go along with it as though it were normal. Because who isn't well-intentioned? Who isn't humane? I mean, Claiming to be anti-racist or anti-fascist as though that's a virtue to me seems kind of insane. It's like saying you're anti-murder or anti-genocide. Of course you are. There's no virtue in that. That's just baseline standard humanity. We have a word for people who are not in line with that. We typically call them psychopaths or narcissists. So it kind of, it makes special that which should just be a given. And I think it is a given for most people barring a small minority of extremely mentally ill and emotionally dysregulated people. So it becomes redundant in and of itself. You must agree with the entirely redundant phrase or else you will fail the purity test of this orthodoxy. Neutralize the opposition. We can and must write in a language which sows among the masses hate, revulsion and scorn toward those who disagree with us. So this next section refers to something that is beyond cancel culture and in a way I think is more pernicious and more damaging than cancel culture. Cancel culture refers to a culture of calling people out and then getting them deplatformed, which is pernicious and it does create fear, but I think it's actually the call-out culture that is the problem. And what I mean here is the psychological effect of calling people out. Imagine it's a game and there's a hundred of us inside of this system, this game that we're playing. 
where the way that you gain points is to call out other people. And the way that you lose all your points is to be called out. Now, I'm not saying that's what it is, but if we run that as a model, we run that simulation, what will the behavior of the people within that system, within that game be? Surely they would be rushing to find somebody to call out, exerting time, exerting energy, spending uh, calories, just to try and find somebody else to call them out. Because if you're the one doing the calling out, the presupposition is you won't be called out yourself. One of the things that I've noticed, particularly amongst young people, particularly in people aged between 15 and 25, largely called uh, uh, Gen Z, you have the tail end of millennials there, but particularly amongst Gen Z, is fear. They're terrified. They're frightened that one day this is going to happen to them. They're walking around with a policeman inside their heads, terrified that if they say or do the wrong thing, they will be called out and there'll be some terrible consequence. And in that way, we learn to police ourselves. Isn't that convenient? Is there any part of what we're seeing playing out right now that doesn't fulfill a completely totalitarian and, and corporate agenda? If there is a part of it that I've missed, please tell me in the comments, because all I see this leading to, all I see this being of benefit to, is totalitarianistic agendas. And thus, precipitating mob violence. Master psychologists that they are, the communists know that once the masses are in the streets, it's not too difficult to convert an orderly demonstration into a full-scale riot. So this is actually a phase. Chaos, unrest, civil unrest, January which can easily be provoked into riots. And this was specifically stated by Stalin, by Lenin. They knew that if you could break down the social order, bring in chaos, agitate people along these different lines of division, you would have chaos. And in that chaos, as things seem to be disintegrating, what happens? I mean, if you apply the, the Hegelian dialectic, you have the thesis, you have the antithesis, and then you have the synthesis. Problem, reaction, solution. What's the problem? Well, the civil unrest. People are rioting. Well, we don't like that. What's our reaction to that? Well, we want it to stop. And then the government can come in and go, ah, we have a pre-made solution for you. It's called stronger laws. It's called curfews. It's called you giving up your civil liberties and becoming more tracked and more trackable in everything that you do. Why? Well, you know, we have all this civil unrest and you said you wanted it to stop, so we have to watch you more. We have to tag you more. We need to know exactly where you're up to at all times so that we can control this chaotic force that you find so agitating. And you sit there and you go, oh, thank you, government. Thank you for saving me from all this dreadful chaos whilst they're rubbing their hands with glee. All the power goes up to the government, to the authorities. That's totalitarianism. It doesn't matter whether it's left wing or right wing. Who cares? Who wants to live in a totalitarianistic authoritarian dictatorship? I don't. All the power goes upward and the state grows. It gets bigger. It gets stronger. And who's demanding for it to get bigger and stronger? the people themselves who are in turn being enslaved by it. They're basically screaming for their own enslavement. It's a very clever, very sneaky tactic. In China, as in all countries, the communist appeal was aimed primarily at students, young, idealistic intellectuals, most of whom came from wealthy families who could afford to send them to school. It was from this group that the young communist recruits came who later provided the leadership and backbone for the armed conflict to follow. And in the next phase, they openly say, we need to target young intellectuals. We need to target students. We need to target young idealistic people who can be easily deceived into utopian dreams for the future. It's easy to tell young people this stuff because young people, even if they're from wealthy families, they've never owned anything themselves. You can, they're in such a neuroplastic state at their brains and so little experience and so much of idealism. You could say, look at the horror in the world. Look at how awful the world is. Look at the pain. Look at the suffering. We could stop this. Don't you want to stop it? Of course, young students. I was one of them. I was a radical leftist when I was at university. I was a social justice warrior. Why? Because there's terrible things in the world. It's not that the statement of the problem is false. I would agree with 
90% of what radical leftists would say is wrong with the world. I would agree with them. I'd say, yes, that is a problem. The way you've identified the problems, largely speaking, it's a little exaggerated and hysterical, but it's actually correct. But the solutions they provide, I agree with none of them. They're always appeals to authority, appeals to force, and it's like a child asking for mummy and daddy to come along by force and fix things. I don't believe anymore that this is the solution. I think individualism is the solution. Individual rights, individual strength, individual boundaries. This is all a facade. It's a trick. The people who are feeding you these ideas, the people who are feeding the ideas to young students, they don't give a single shit about suffering in the world. All they want is to convince the students that this is the way things are so that they'll be the frontline infantry, so that they'll be the vanguard, the revolutionary guard to agitate for the riots, to bring around the big social chain so that it falls right into the hands of government forces and we end up with more authoritarianism and more statism at the end of all of this. As law enforcement officers sought to restore order, police brutality became the cry of the insurgents. The invariable charges of police brutality were hurled as efforts were made to maintain law and order. So here you have it, folks, straight from the uh, communist manual itself. Calls for less police power. People screeching about police brutality. Cherry-picked incidents where, you know, you have a country that has 330 million people in it like America and armed people. You have people with guns and a police force doing its job making hundreds of thousands of arrests every day. Who knows how many of them become physical, end up in wrestling matches and control and restraint scenarios. And we are fed a narrative by the mainstream media that cherry-picks the absolute worst incidents with the worst actors. Because, of course, if you have hundreds of thousands of police officers in operation making hundreds of thousands of arrests, we know from the psychology research at least 1%, possibly 5% of them, will be narcissists and or psychopaths. So, of course, they're going to do bad things. Of course, they're going to exploit their power over people. Of course, there will be bad incidents. But if we focus on that and blow it up, we end, and we do it again and again and again, the lie is told over and over and over again that all police are like this all the time, we would be left with the impression that, hey, the police is bad. And police brutality is the major issue that we should be looking at in the country today. But then when you actually take a cold, cool, objective look at the statistics, you see a completely different picture emerging. If we, what we want to do is stop violence, let's say, for example, we have an incident where it's a man who is hurt. And we say, OK, uh, we've, we've um, carved this by, we'll just, we'll just carve it by gender. We'll leave race out of it. A man was killed today. Too many men are killed in America in violent incidents. We say, okay, so you think men dying in violent incidents is bad? Yes, we do. Okay, so what are the statistics? Who's killing the men? Who's killing the male civilians in America on a year-by-year -year average? Is it the police? What percentage of men killed in America are killed by police every year? Who's killing the rest of the men? Is it other men? Are they largely civilians? Perhaps the problem we think we have, and hey, murder is a problem. <laughs> if, if I have to say that, I'm going to make my, uh, my, my case here. Yes, I'm against murder. Yes, murder is a problem. We should reduce murder. We should reduce injustice. We should reduce violence as a civilized, cohesive, intelligent, democratic, and ostensibly free society. Absolutely. But what is the problem? Where is it coming from, really? Everybody can enjoy a mainstream media news story and get that little cocaine hit of indignation and rage and uh, they can enjoy a sort of an addiction to conflict, an addiction to a sense of being oppressed and affronted. Um, I'm going to show off now. I was reading uh, um, Dostoevsky last night, the Kamarov brothers. I only read it so I could tell you in this, uh, in this video. And he was saying the characters were talking to each other and a monk is talking to a Russian man. A Russian monk is talking to a Russian man. And he said, don't become addicted to your own indignation. It's a terrible temptation. It's easy to find offense if what you're looking for is offense. And it becomes an addictive cycle. So beware. The communists are then ready to implement the final stage of their blueprint for conquest. 
It takes only a handful of armed opportunists, criminals and savages, to create the semblance of revolution. So what we see in this, uh, in this next section is uh, we see a reference to the semblance of revolution. And I thought when I saw this, I was like, that's interesting. Why, is it the, why does it say the semblance of revolution and not a real revolution? Because you don't need a real revolution. You don't need an authentic revolution. To have your revolution, you only need the simulation of it. This is interesting because this video that you're watching clips from was made in 1966. There's no way that they could have known how the world was going to go. There's no way that they could have predicted uh, social media and the the multiple forms of entertainment that we have today. But haven't we slowly over time entrained ourselves to consume the simulation of a thing as though it were the real thing itself? So they actually only call for, this is from actual uh, um, real communists, this is from Stalin, this is from Marx, this is from Lenin, how to do a revolution. You only need the semblance of it. You only need the semblance of popular support. You only need the simulation that everybody's for it and you have your revolution. So just to let it be known where I stand on this here about, uh, about communism and what I think is happening right now. I am not totally against uh, socialist ideas. I think that we as a civilized society should be kind. What we have in the UK is the same as what we have in America. You don't live in purely capitalist societies. I know people in America are terrified and they react badly to the word socialism. I've got news for you. You live in a capitalist socialist society. You have and have had for decades strongly socialist policies working there. I'm for a welfare state. I'm for... Uh, um, a health service, a state-sponsored health service so that nobody who is sick cannot be helped within that country. I just think it's a sign of a civilized society. So should we legislate for kindness? Of course. We'd be monsters if we didn't, if we were just running some purely, uh, you know, Nietzsche as interpreted by Himmler society. We were like, well, only the strong can survive. And if you broke your leg, sorry about that, comrades, you're just going to have to die in the street. You wouldn't want to live in that society and neither would I. But we need to be careful when we're legislating kindness because kindness that is forced on a person through the barrel of a gun ceases to be kindness. And we need to realize that communism, the true communism, the beautiful ideal of nobody owning anything and every everybody sharing that which is and everybody just working for the good of all, it is a beautiful ideal. But to me, Marx reads like a sci-fi story. Who's going to do that? Do we have like highly intelligent, benevolent aliens who are going to come along and track everybody and redistribute the wealth equitably? Are we going to have uh, a huge benevolent supercomputer that. AI that, that there, does that? If you, if you can, very interesting he would say that. What, what, maybe we have some benevolent, benevolent aliens. <laughs> have you noticed the news lately? <laughs> Here come the UFOs. <laughs> oh, Bill Cooper. <laughs> if you could only see this now. Oh, Lord. Anyway, I don't uh, particularly agree with this gentleman and his, uh, his outlook on socialism. I, I do believe that, um, it's beneficial to society to be able to uh, care for emergent uh, cases. You know, you, you have motor vehicle accidents, crashes, uh, you know, things that happen. And uh, nobody can, can foresee those things happening. And uh, I do, I do uh, appreciate uh, the existence of health care for emergent situations, especially things like that. I do find uh, the uh, the need for, especially older people. I can only imagine if my mother didn't have health insurance, uh, what she would have went through. So I, I do have. There's a, there's a degree of me that has uh, that is is a bit torn when it comes to the absolute extremes. However, uh, doctors, just like anyone else, even though they're Rockefeller medicine trained uh, for the most part they they work very hard they pay to go to school and I, I don't think that people should be able to demand other people's goods and services no matter what those goods and services may be so I don't have all the answers when it comes to that but I do know that communism is a as a tool that's being used it's a we're never going to reach any kind of utopia that there that's a fallacy so 
quite obviously, it's being used as a tool to bring upon us more totalitarianism. And that, that's really the, the ending goal. No matter what ism that you would like to call it or refer to it as, uh, many of these isms are just used as tools to bring us to the end goal, which is total power and control in the hands of uh, very few centrally planned. So anyway, if you'd like to call in and, and uh, share your thoughts, uh, please feel free to do that. Uh, I think it's 1-800-313. Uh, I always get that, that last part wrong. You guys know what the number is. 4113. Call in and, and uh, share share what you have to say about it. I'd like to know. We'll be right back after a few words from our sponsors, RTR Truth Media. truth you're listening to republic broadcasting network real news real talk real people because you can handle the truth for over 20 years now extendivite has proven time and again it really works here is a testimonial from amazon.com i received an arterial switch at birth In my mid-twenties, I started getting slight runs of NSVT. Nothing too serious, but enough to cause worry. I started taking Extendivite a little over two years ago, and it helped cut the palpitations and NSVT down drastically. This isn't a cure-all supplement. I strongly recommend a good diet and exercise to aid in any heart troubles you may be having. And I strongly recommend giving Extendivite a try. Extendivite is only $69.95 for a two-month supply. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. That's H-E-A-R-T-D-R-O-P.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. Hello, I'm Dr. Leonard Horowitz. I was right 30 years ago in warning the world about threatening lab virus outbreaks, AIDS, and Ebola. I was right 20 years ago when FBI Director Robert Mueller made me a suspect in the anthrax mailings because I warned the Bureau before the CIA's biocrime and Cipro sales psyops happened. I was right about COVID-19 being an AIDS-laced mutagen plan to resurge this fall to excuse officials' profitable depopulation globalization agendas. And I was right about the only safeguards being antioxidants and holy spiritual sustenance. Vitamin C, D, zinc, chlorophyll, oxygen, and oxysilver especially transmits the frequency resonance to neutralize the expanded function bioweapon. Oxysilver is a double superconductor of the healing power of love. It is the first nutraceutical invented to amplify prayer power and the faithful loving intention of your heart. Buy, try, and stockpile oxysilver through HealthyWorldStore.com. Hey, honey, I'm home. I grabbed a newspaper on the way home. Look at all the news today. Don't you know that all you're going to get in the newspaper is propaganda, twisted news, and false information? Honey, this is a national newspaper. It has to be true. Ha! For some reason, the majority of the population believe anything the mainstream media tells them. The newspaper doesn't give out the important attention of what's happening to this country and news that affects our daily lives. Say, does that newspaper mention anything about the North American Union? No, not that I can see. I didn't think so. You need to go to www.newswithviews.com, where truth is more important than political correctness. That's www. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. RTR Truth Media Resurrect Republic on this Sunday. Uh, please uh, feel free to call in. I, I was, you know, how many years I've been doing this, and I and I still uh, I still mess that number up. One eight hundred three one three nine four four three. Yeah. So anyway, uh, we do have a caller, uh, Chris in Vegas. Chris, 
Good morning to you, Tom. I was really pleased to hear the uh, episode you played. It's insightful and provocative, and it's very uh, well what's going on in the worldwide bases and here in America at multiple locations. I observe. What do you think? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, well, you know, it's uh, it's nice to hear when you when you go back in time and you hear something so old, you know, but but so accurate. The events today, uh, it's it just amazes me that you know there are these people that have that have come forward and they've they've consistently told us exactly <laughs> how it's going to go. Uh, Edward Griffith, I tell you what, he he. Uh, I still have Yuri. I don't know whether he was a KGB defector or whether he was the thermometer. Uh, because well, he went out I, and, and I told think he was like it was and nothing ever happened. <laughs> yeah. Sure he was. Oh, boy, I'm losing. I think he was here. very well on point, Tom. And the reason being that trauma-based mind control, Uh-oh. psychological operations, counterinsurgency ops, all these different mind control schemes that work on the world's people and here in America. If we go back to uh, the ancient days of uh, Rome and so on and so forth, they had the, the Trigen horse. They had the Roman Colosseum where they go out and feed the Christians to the lions to incite the crowd and provoke them mm-hmm. to a bit of uh, excitation that uh, they would be Blood ready left. to go out and probably had fights in the parking lots after that if i had to guess <laughs> i would imagine so uh, you know they call it by many different names uh, i i don't believe that uh that mordecai levy aka Karl marx uh brought forward any new insightful uh, strategy he just he just repackaged uh things that were age old they've been using there's nothing new under the sun of course but uh you know, it, it's it's a his his way of divide and conquer. Just uh, it addressed the uh, the current situation. He he uh, he really tied it together. I tell you, I was reading some of his writings uh, the other day, and it's just it's hard to read. A lot of it's just uh, psychobabble nonsense. And and every once in a while, <laughs> I mean, really, every once in a while, you know, he he ties it together with the it sounds, it sounds wonderful. Until you realize that it's uh, it's literally uh, you're you're locking yourself up with your own chains of your own enslavement because you'll never reach that utopia. That's for sure. Well, words are sounds, and these sounds have a ability to entrain the mind with the utterances that come out of the gumption breath. And mm-hmm. this is a mass control operation, and this is what they do: is they say words to. Uh, honey your ears with what they think you want to hear or what they want you to think you hear want to hear this is what programming television mass deception is all about and that's what yes, gaslighting sir. is this is the basis for master's cult of Ra, aka mk ultra mm-hmm. uh, based mind control and what we're really seeing is a mass terror campaign Fear-mongering the world with this COVID hoax, economic uh-huh. hoax, bioterrorism hoax, uh, assaults on our common sense around the nation here in America and other places in Euro, uh, the populist Yellow Vest movement, uh, the Chop Chaz movement in Seattle is still ongoing, the Black Lives Matter, the fascist, anti-fascist that people don't know the difference of, the crowd right. always being co-opted by the FBI. Uh, putting infiltrator provocateur agents inside these operations to go in to uh, try to provoke others to bring about violent uprising and terrorism under the guise of peaceful protest. Uh, This Mm. is what they do all the time. They've been doing it since the beginning of time. Uh, I think it was uh, Hitler that set the Reichstag on fire, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, they were. Oh, my God. You know, I, I, I did, you just triggered uh, something that I, I meant to talk about today. If you look at what's going on in Germany today, uh, I mean, even as you just compare it to the United States. Now, now folks, you, know, you have the, the personality of Trump, you have the personality of Biden, you have our elections and you have all that going on. And, and you know, I can understand 
events in other countries uh, being similar to things that are happening here, but right to the Reichstag itself. I'm glad you mentioned that because guess what? There was that they had happening in Germany. Uh, the same. It could have been the same thing. You just uh, pluck the names and replace them with uh, the capital on January 6th and uh, uh, right-wing extremist mobs. Well, the Reichstag of all places. Uh, they had a big protest and they tried penetrating the Reichstag just like they did the uh, the Capitol building. And and I I'd said, uh, amazing to me, I was watching, um, well, I forget who was it that was uh, doing it. They did a report on the, the militias right around January 6th. And there was these two liberals and they were, this one, he's, he's monitoring uh, the, these militia chat boards and, and all of this and 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 the the worst thing, these these they were shocked and they were uh, very worried because the militias were were openly uh, just able to talk to one another and and recruit and and you know what they were telling people? Get this, Chris. Get you know what they were telling people? Stand down. Don't go to Washington D.C. We we have we have word that it is a trap. Uh, that there is going to be a gas lit event. Uh, don't stay stay clear of it. Don't don't uh, get involved in any of the violence. These two nitwits were so ideologically brain dead, uh, and and the term militia and Trump supporters they were so just so consumed by their own idiocy that they failed to realize that the main thing that the the militias across the the country were saying was don't take part in any violence. Don't go to the Capitol. Don't hurt anybody. Don't don't get drawn into uh, that that rat race. All the while, they're, they're me, basically uh, telling telling everybody that their their biggest concerns were of these people that are trying to avoid violence. <laughs> well, let me take you back to the pre Bundy days, whenever uh, I think you and some other people went to the truckers' ride to the for the Constitution uh, yeah. up to D.C. and Colonel uh, General Boynton. Uh, kind of co-opted the event a little bit, and they uh, tried to usurp that deal. Infiltrating yes, then they the came uh, with, with Operation... Um, yeah, I remember American Spring followed that. That was the real... That was I think that was going to be the real trap. But, man, we let that out. You know, Chris, if there's ever anything that I ever did that I can... I would pat myself on the back for is I got completely involved in that Operation American Spring... And then as I was in the middle of it, pointed out all of these facts about how uh, these gaslit events are, can do this and can do. I tell you what, there's a lot of people that backed out of Operation American Spring. And thank God, because yelling at these buildings isn't getting it. And we saw on January 6th, that is exactly what they were trying to do with Operation American Spring. Is exactly what happened on January 6th. They've been trying to trigger that event now. Uh, several times I can I can recall and and yes Chris that was one of them the uh, the uh, truckers ride which was an authentic organic Charlotte uh, yes yeah that was that was uh yes Charlotte uh, and but I see I know that these events they start out many of them organic uh, natural like uh, you know I I know uh, the people that 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 got that that put together uh, the truckers ride for the Constitution but it, it was almost like she couldn't get there. She couldn't get there quick enough before she had different people trying to uh, either take over or uh, or gaslight. Oh, yes. You mean like the tea party? <laughs> yes. Yeah, the tea party. Hey, man, that started out as a good idea, too. <laughs> well, the, the, these are special operations, Psycholo psychological political warfare. Uh, Kenneth Goff, this is exactly what communist, Zio communist, Khazars, uh, Bolsheviks, Sabatian, Frankist, uh, Wolves in Sheep's Clothing. they got multiple different labels, but your point that nothing new under the sun, these schemes have been working on masses of people, especially around the cities, since the beginning of time, since Sumer, Babal, Ferris. Yep. Yes. Uh, these yes. different places where they've been running these scams on the people to control the minds, to herd the people. I was just reading an article this morning early uh, about these new, um, they call them something. It was something like a volute, but there was another term they used uh, to collectively 
uh, encircle the people. They put their hands up in an arm like a big circle over their head. That'd be the signal to the police when they're uh, squared off in different battle lines at two different areas of demonstration. Then they would drive these people like over the bridge or wherever the entrapment zone they wanted them to go to was and have them spraying them with pepper balls and gas grenades and uh, batons beating on shields and doing their monkey stomps marches through the place to scare the devil out of people, have them run around with chaos like they're trying to get away, and they drive them exactly where they want to to round them up and collectivize them and then false arrest everybody and then uh, uh, pick out the particular target individuals of the crowd they really want to work over and beat down to a pulp. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, uh, I, I had to make a real quick announcement here uh, before I forget. Um I'm going to try and send this over to uh, the board op right now. Uh, but uh, Rose DeCorey passed away. Um, for those of you, I'm sure many of you uh, know Behind who she is. Behind the green mask. Yes, yes. She passed away, but she, uh, uh, several years back, she, uh, she was giving a presentation like she usually does. And in that presentation... You got it. You, you got to hear this. Uh, let me know when you when you have a chance to to pull that up, uh, because I, I really uh, when you hear what she has to say, uh, this this uh, uh, new normal that that we're seeing uh, them repeat and puppet. <laughs> oh my new goodness! The old normal of global feudalism, master yes. slave relationships. They want to demonate the world. Right. Right. You got that, uh, is that, uh, can you pull that up quick enough or no? Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's the video, it's the video in, in that, uh, in that status that I just pulled up. Do you see a video there? Yeah, let's get the audio off of that and, and, and roll that as soon as you get it, get it up, uh, and, and ready to go. Good to have a good board op. Agenda oh, 21 yes, is, is dependent on the Hegelian dialectic, and that says that a crisis is created and a solution is posed and the balance between the two then becomes the new normal and the balance between the two then becomes the new normal which is something that you never would have accepted but now that there's a crisis then you are forced or pressured to accept this new this new solution now imagine a world where mass outbreaks of deadly diseases are commonplace well, it sounds scary, but that might not be too far off. The World Health Organization has warned in a BBC interview that we're entering a new phase where such a reality is, quote, a new normal. As the coronavirus pandemic brings life across the country to a grinding halt, Americans are facing a new normal. It is a new normal that we all have to get used to. I know a big question, Tom, from a lot of New Yorkers. When might we ever get back to normal? Uh, mm -hmm. The governor talked today about working toward a new normal. So we're going to a different place, which is a new normal. So, Bill, you know, here we are. Um, many people are aware that, that you warned of this in the New England Journal of Medicine and, and during a TED Talk just a couple of years back. So what do we need to do uh, right now in order to reopen the country to get back to, you know, some sort of normalcy and, and sort of set a new normal, whatever the new normal is? Well, I, I will say it's three phases. The acute phase we're in now the semi-normal phase until we get a vaccine, and the semi-normal phase until we get a vaccine, and then the truly normal phase after the vaccine has protected all of us. Agenda 21 is dependent on the Hegelian dialectic, and that says that a crisis is created and a solution is posed, and the balance between the two then becomes the new normal, which is something that you never would have accepted. But now that there's a crisis, then you are forced or pressured to accept this new, this new solution. COVID is God the world's you, new normal. God bless you, Rosa. Uh, she will be she will be missed by many. Uh, she won't be missed by Bill Gates. <laughs> you know, Rosa Quarry was a real gift that uh, freedom and liberty loving people of the world and true conservatives actually. Uh, we're blessed with, there are many others out there that have been telling us, uh, uh, W yes. Down of America uh, uh, is another one that, that's taken over our educational system, going back to Dewey and others before them, where they weaponized yes. the whole 
system of mind control under the guise of education that they call education, where they suck out your brain and fill it full of false meme kicks to uh, reprogram the people, to the children, to carry out their vicious and evil agendas. Yes, you know, one of my, uh, one of my favorite quotes sure, it is from a history... Bit. One of my favorite quotes from history was uh, from Plato, and he said, uh, "Man, imagine it just the, the time uh, how how things uh, come back around." He said, "Strange times these are, where old people and children in school are taught falsehoods, and the one who dares to tell the truth at once is called a lunatic and a fool." <laughs> in fact, I think it's. Uh... In Orwell, in his 1984, in the Minister of Truth, where lies become the normal and anybody that tells truth becomes a terrorism. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. You know, uh, the, you've probably got it, uh, some other callers lined up, Tom. I won't keep you on today, but we do. Talk to I you. hope you're doing well. And in fact, I'm proud to report that Las Vegas is back open and things are getting close to a new normal. Well, that's that's good. Uh, folks, if you do want to call in, please feel free to do so. Thank you for joining me, uh, Chris. Uh, I don't think that we have anybody lined up, but uh, um, that's okay. 1-800-313-9443. Please call in if you uh, want to weigh in. Uh, we, we welcome your call. Uh, we'll be right back after a few words from our sponsors. Ladies and gentlemen, J.R. Moore here. We have a special promotion going on at Republic Broadcasting. This is a fundraiser for Republic Broadcasting. Involving the energy planner. Mail me a postcard. My address is at my website at thelibertyman.com. We pick a postcard every other Thursday. When your postcard is drawn out, you get to buy an energy planner for $215 instead of $285, $70 discount. $200 goes to Republic Broadcasting. You also get a 10% discount on my mattress pads. So get those postcards in. Put your name, your telephone number, your email address on there. And when your postcard is drawn, you get to get an energy cleaner for $215 instead of $285. Mattress pads, 10% off. Help us out at Republic Broadcasting and help yourself to get an energy cleaner at a deep discount. It's a win-win situation for everybody. We hope you can get these postcards in soon. Thank you very much. Homeowners, are you in foreclosure, expecting to be served with a foreclosure lawsuit, or suspect your lender has coerced you into an illegal mortgage transaction? A huge number of mortgages made in the last 10 years have legal issues and are possibly defective. State laws and the U.S. Supreme Court have upheld that defective mortgage documents are grounds for foreclosure defense and for counterclaims in favor of the homeowner. If your mortgage has been sold or assigned since closing the loan, it may be defective and you may be paying the wrong party and the lender may not have standing or the right to foreclose or collect payments under the law. If you would like to know if your mortgage is legal or not, or know if you are paying the right party, we can help. Our initial consultations are free of charge. We are not attorneys. We are legal researchers and work closely with experienced lawyers who know how to help you find the evidence to help you keep your home. Call toll free 1-855-2-KEEP-IT. That's 1-855-2-KEEP-IT today. It's happening, ladies and gentlemen. We here at RBN are working with Front Sight Firearms Training Institute to bring our audience the best in combat, tactical, and defensive firearms training. Whether you're a private citizen who is new to firearms or you have a concealed weapon permit and want a level of training that surpasses what you've received from your local gun range, Front Sight provides priceless education and skills taught by seasoned law enforcement, military, and private citizen instructors to levels that far exceed law enforcement and military standard. With nearly a million responsible citizens trained from every town, city, and state from across the United States, Front Sight has bolstered the Patriot movement to a whole new level. Contact Dan Sutterfield by phone at 573-762-2356 or 573-465-2356 or shoot him an email at domedan, D-O-M-E-D-A-N at hotmail.com. This is a limited time opportunity. Don't miss it. Welcome back, RTR Truth Media, Resurrected Republic on the Republic Broadcasting Network. Uh, folks, real quick before I get to our next caller, 
I am going to be going through a very special health regimen. Uh, this is not through Rockefeller Medicine. It's through someone uh, that I, I highly trust. And I have to tell you, a lot of you have known that I've struggled with health issues uh, for the past several years. And I wanted to let you know about this because I'm going to be recording my progress. Uh, it, it's going to treat everything from my Lyme disease to uh, my traumatic injuries. And uh, just uh, I, I ask for your prayers. And uh, I have a really, really strong, positive feeling about this. I think that it's going to be exactly what I need. And, and if it is, I will turn around and do a special report. And I will offer it to as many people as I can humanly possibly offer it to if it does what I think it's going to do. So I'm going to leave it at that, and, and uh, I'll let you know as that progresses. Uh, Murr in Wisconsin. Murr, you're on. Yeah, Tom. Prayers you've got. <laughs> All right, thank Lots you. of them. Yeah, two mm. things. Hitler didn't burn the Reichstag. Communists did. Yes. And Rosa Quarry lifted Nikki Rapana's work and a, omitted Amitai Etzioni, Werner Falk. So, you know, there's good glad, and bad, I'm but you got to... mentioned that. I'm glad you mentioned that. You have to research uh, better, you know. Let me give you a good little research engine. Q-W-A-N-T, yeah. they index their own stuff. You need to mancot Google. Mm-hmm. Can you say that again? Q-W-A-N-T, like you want. Okay. All right. We'll check that out. And, and you know, uh, Rosa Corey, for, for the... You know, I, I've spoken to several of these people, li like Rosa. I didn't speak to her specifically, but um, I remember having a conversation with Rand Paul. And, uh, of course, Rand Paul is a, is a lighter version of his father, and, and there's a lot of things that he gets behind that I disagree with, like, you know, he's pro-vaccine and, uh, you know, a lot of these other things. But anyway, I, when I had a conversation with him uh, outside of, I think we were in Nevada, uh, he had said, when I'd asked him, I said, you know, you, you know a lot more than what you're telling the American people. And, and he basically alluded to the same, uh, uh, the same thing as, as you know, I, I bring people what I think I'll be allowed to bring them to take it to the, in other words, he takes it to the limit of where he thinks that he can take it before they'll just completely shut him down and nobody will hear anything. And he said, uh, yeah. one other thing that he said that, 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 that rung out to me, he said, it's going to take individual folks to fill in the blanks of, of what some other people can't tell you. You know, for lack yep. of a better reason, I, I like to think that Rosa Quarry was, uh, was operating with a, a good intention. Uh, she did bring a lot of truth. But you're absolutely right. The, the, the work by uh, Nikki Rapana and uh, the exposure right. of Amitai Etzioni is so absolutely important. Well, it's it's sele selective emission, but let me get something else in here real quick. Now I'm thinking yes, about right. it. This Tulsa mm -hmm. Tulsa race riot of 100 years ago, they're now calling a massacre. Oh, God, and we've got yeah. the same ones, the Olsberger slimes, New York, New York slimes. Yes. You know, so it was a race riot, people. Don't let them rally up. I hear people That's all right. over the place quoting this massacre nonsense. Yeah, they're, they're, they're rewriting that. <laughs> like everything else. Yes, Better not to listen to him. Thank you, Tom. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> All right, God bless you. Thank you for calling. We ran out of time. Please call back next week. I'd love to talk some more. All right, folks, uh, that wraps it up for the time that we have here. Uh, RTR Truth Media, Resurrect Republic Radio on the Republic Broadcasting Network. God bless all of you. Pray for me. I'm going to be doing this treatment, and I'll see you on the other side. Corporate media dominates the American opinion. Finding independent voices that counter this avalanche is becoming increasingly difficult. With the endless corruption running rampant throughout our government, independent voices are needed more than ever to battle the offensive against our freedoms and liberties. As a listener of RBN, no one understands this concept better than you. Now it's up to you to do your part. The time has come for you to take action and begin broadcasting the truth to hundreds or thousands of people every month. Sound impossible? 
Quite the contrary. With pointed slogans from LibertyStickers.com, you can reach countless sleeping Americans unaware that they live in a real-life wonderland. LibertyStickers.com has a huge inventory of political bumper stickers and messages that reflect the truth about our government, our politicians, and the future of America. With so many in stock, there's one perfect for you. Visit us today at LibertyStickers.com. Again, that's LibertyStickers.com. Do your part. Your voice is important. Let it be heard.